Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, a Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Welcome to episode 124 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and it has been an exciting journey coming to close to the end of the year, so uh, we appreciate you following us along, and what a great Christmas present is to let somebody know about Connecting Faith to Life. That's not a bad Christmas present. You know, send them the link, and it wouldn't cost them a dime. Even better Christmas present is if people just send you me money. <laughs> That'd be, be a better Christmas present for you and me. Well, you anyway, talking about Christmas presents. And we always say that there is the blessing is in giving, not receiving. So this is true. This is true. So anyway. we'll send it for Lottie Moon. How about that? Uh, hey, I will take it. I will take it. Lottie yeah, Moon. It's, it's going to be the Christmas season where we give to Lottie Moon as a church family to support our international missionaries. It's always a big That's thing. Right. I actually had somebody the other day, or actually yesterday, ask how to do that, and they're new to the church, and I said, "You just put." Missions just on. Just put Lottie on there. Lottie we'll, we'll on get, there we'll and get it'll get, it to, get to us. That's right. That's right. That's right. So anyway, as you uh, listen to the podcast today, uh, just uh, let them know by telling them or Facebook or Twitter or in a Christmas card. That'd be all right. Yeah. Text them the link and uh, it just helps get the word of God out and impact lives and really help them connect faith to life. Well, um, I think that uh, as we read the Bible, and we've been reading, we've gone through the Old Testament now, and we've well, gone down to the Gospels. Well, kind of. Okay. We're skipping around. We did the narratives. So we did an episode on the narratives, narratives of the Gospels uh-huh. and the narratives of the Old Testament. We're jumping to the epistles. We'll jump back to the law. Okay. We're just going back and forth. There's that, no rhyme or reason or order, but but I'm, by the time we're through with this series, we will have made it through every section of Scripture, sure. right? We're just... I probably should do this in order, but I, I'm just not. You know, and I, seriously, as I, as I, it doesn't matter, brother. I think it's fine how it's working. <laughs> you know, I, I, but what is important is that, you know, people constantly say, well, I just don't know what I'm reading when yeah, I read the Bible. Yeah. So when you are able to take these this, these filters, I guess, if, I guess that's the best way to describe it, as you're reading a different style of book mm-hmm. in the Bible, it helps you understand the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, it's, so not, these- it's not just to try to confuse the issue. It's actually to help you simplify the issue in my that's opinion. what we're trying to do we're trying to help simplify give you a way uh to read the bible better so today we're going to talk about an interesting thing and and i guess i always thought that this was the easiest part but it's probably not as easy as i thought yeah. how do you read the letters or the epistles in the new testament yeah and, so yeah it's, it's 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 more straightforward than some other genres of scripture mm-hmm. right Reading the letters is more straightforward than reading Revelation yeah. or or maybe even the Gospels because you have a lot going on in the Gospels with the parables and the teachings and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, but yeah, there's some things we certainly need to consider as we think about how to read uh, the letters of the New Testament well. And I got to tell you, they're my favorite. I mean, I've always said, you know, I have X books. Ephesians is one of my favorites. Romans is yeah. one of my favorites. So, great stuff. Yeah, and it's, and it's because for me, it's always just been easy to... I, I think Paul thinks logically in the he Western does. Western he mindset. He, and he, it helps we, me. yeah, we we gravitate toward Paul because it's more logical mm-hmm. in the way that he writes, right? Exactly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But we gotta get through this because we got we gotta record this episode so you can go. Okay. You got you got Thanksgiving <laughs> I'm holiday. Heading, heading to my daughter's house in Mobile, Alabama. Mobile, so, Alabama. See my grand new thirteenth grandchild 
grandson. He's a grandson. How do you remember all their names? I I can. I mean, if you want me to go through them, I will. But it's just, you get to know each one. It's, so it, you it's don't hard get, to believe you don't that get you confused? can. You don't get confused? You I do get them it. confused now. Yeah, okay. I, I'll say, you know, I start at the bottom and go to the top or either vice versa. So. 13, that's a lot. It I is. I mean, you're, you're pretty old, so that makes sense that you have that many. <laughs> I am pretty old. <laughs> and I'm getting older by the day, which, uh, anyway, I'm glad. Y'all got I'm a just, turkey for Thanksgiving? I'm just glad that we, we are definitely, I've already bought the turkey. I'm bringing it with you, me. You bought the turkey, and the turkey is traveling with you to mm, Mobile, Alabama. That's right. It's a traveling bird. Well, it's frozen solid. It takes like 18 <laughs> days to thaw it, so, you know, why not? You put, know, I, put it in the freezer and let it keep everything else cool, In I this past Sunday sermon, I talked about turkey. <laughs> I think everybody in the world probably knows this now. This yeah, has that, been the that talk. was far more controversial than I thought it was. <laughs> this has been the talk of the church I, 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 for a full 24 hours I, now. You know, I really thought that nobody liked turkey. Oh, I just man. made a bad assumption. Like, I really thought nobody, like, we just eat it because we have to. But apparently, I'm the only one in the world that hates turkey. Everybody loves turkey but me. My mom's not a turkey person. Oh, it's um, terrible. She eats it. She's like you. She eats it, but it's just not, it's not her thing, but. Anyway, well, it's been interesting go. 24 hours, man. I've gotten all has, kinds of text messages, yeah. phone calls. I, I might get run off, run off from the church for my dislike of turkey. Yeah, it was nice. It was a, it was a good run, five years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I made it this long, to be honest with you, but hey. <laughs> all right. Well, today we are going to talk about five tips that we can use for reading the epistles. And uh, so, Pastor, as we do that, uh, just get us going here and help us understand, first of all, what an epistle is and where do we go from here. All right. We, when, we, when we talk about epistle, we're talking about letter, right? So you think about your New Testament. Uh, most of your New Testament is made up of letters. You have the four Gospels. You have Acts. Uh, you have Revelation at the end. Uh, but, but the rest of the New Testament it, are, are letters. And so you have letters that are written by Paul. And you also have what we call the general epistles or general letters that are written by other people, right? Like, right. Um, like John or Peter. We don't know who the author of Hebrews is um, or was. Uh, James. So you have mm-hmm. the general epistles or general letters, and you have the Pauline epistles or Pauline letters. Uh, that word epistle, it just means letter. So you'll hear those words interchangeably, letter or epistle. And so you have these letters that make up a majority of our New Testament, and it's important that you know how to read them well, because what happens with the epistles is we have a tendency to take verses from the epistles and rip them out of their context. Mm. A great example would be Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. It's on every football helmet. Right. It's on every, you know, underneath the eyes yeah. and jerseys and it's and a great verse wrist, it's a great verse you should memorize it and you should remind yourself that you can do all things through christ who gives you strength but you should know the context in which that Amen. verse comes from Amen. and so so i mean you think about it it's a letter when when someone writes you a letter which we don't do that anymore because that's old-fashioned <laughs> email yeah i write letters every week you do well. You know that every every Tuesday I write handwritten oh, notes to people yeah, who visit our right. church. You so still do, brother. I'm still a letter writer. But but here's the deal, right? When when someone writes you a letter, you don't pull one sentence out of that letter and say, "Oh, this is really cool right here." No, when you read a letter, you read it in the context of the whole letter. Every sentence is connected to the sentences before it and after it. Mm-hmm. And so when you read a New Testament letter, it's the same thing. You think about Romans, right? Romans has a lot of verses that over the years, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've probably memorized. Mm-hmm. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? Right. Or Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus our Lord. Or, you know, we can go through enough. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. You think through the book of Romans, mm-hmm. 
there's a lot of individual verses that you've memorized over right. the years. But those verses are all connected in the letter. There's mm-hmm. something Paul is communicating in that entire letter. There's nothing wrong with it, memorizing the individual verses. They're important. They're powerful. Uh, but to understand how those verses fit into the context of the whole letter. Or another example is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Mm. The love chapter, right? I bet you if you're listening to this podcast, many of you have uh, probably had that passage read at your wedding. I did. You did? Yep. And you've probably, you know, me and you as pastors, we probably read it, read it at oh, a few yeah. weddings, right? Oh, yeah. But that is not the reason for it. Yeah. It was not for weddings. It, it was wasn't it? written to a couple getting married. <laughs> So there's a context, right? There's a context in which that chapter, those famous verses are written and understanding that context Mm -hmm. helps you understand why Paul says, Hey, let me talk to you a minute about love. And so reading these letters well and understanding exactly what the author is trying to communicate in these letters is really important. And so let's just quickly, if we can walk through some of these tips to help you read the letters of the New Testament a little better. First tip. Remember that letters are occasional documents written to a specific audience at a specific time. You know what I mean by that, Trey? I do. Okay. I'm glad you do. (laughs) You're going to share it with us? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I will. So so when we say that they're occasional documents, Mm. it wasn't like Paul was sitting around saying, you know what, I think I'm going to write a bunch of letters and just send them out. Right, it's not like it wasn't like Christmas cards where you send everybody a Christmas card. No, when when Paul wrote these letters, he wrote them for a reason. Mm-hmm. There was something going on that he wanted to address. Mm-hmm. He wrote to the church at Corinth because there was an issue there that he wanted to address. So you know, I mean, Paul he's a church planner. Uh, you think about the church at Corinth or other churches that he's planted or ministered to in some way, and, and so you know, again, he he's not the resident pastor in Corinth. So it's not like he's there with them every single Sunday. Right. Uh, He's not the resident pastor in Philippi. He's not with them every single Sunday. And so when he wants to address something with these churches, it's not like he gets on a Zoom meeting with them or sends them an email or text message. He has to write them a letter to pastor them, to kind of teach them and help them to think through some things that are going on in their particular Mm -hmm. church. And so these documents, they are occasional documents that what I mean by that is, is that when the need arises, when Paul hears something about what's going on in Corinth, or he hears something about what's going on in Colossae, he writes a letter to address that particular issue with that particular Mm -hmm. people in a specific, at a specific time, right? Right. When they're going through that specific issue, this is his way of pastoring that local church by writing them letters, right? And what's what we mean by occasional documents? Yeah. What's fascinating to me is that he didn't write more. Right. You know, you think, surely this is not the only problem Corinth had. And that's why I wrote two. And some people think three. Well, although, actually, you know, we think there might be four. Really? I didn't yeah, hear the four. Yeah, yeah. So, so. so again, we, we only have two. We only have two. And so we can assume, mm-hmm. right, that, that Paul and, and even the others, uh, authors of the New Testament letters, James, Peter, John, they mm-hmm. probably wrote more letters than we have. Mm-hmm. But these are the ones that the Spirit of God has chosen for us to have in the, the Bible, mm-hmm. in, in the canon of Scripture. Uh, but but Paul, James, John, when they write these letters, they are occasional documents written uh, to a specific people at a specific time for a specific purpose. And so just kind of keeping that in mind is helpful because when you're reading through a letter then, what you want to look for is the reason why the author's writing. If we know that they're occasional documents, mm-hmm. that they're written to address a specific issue, then what is that issue, right? So that, that leads us right into the next tip, right? So one, they're occasional documents. Two, uh, letters address a specific situation. Right. Right? So just briefly kind of think through this, Trey. Uh, some letters correct behaviors that, that Paul knew of something mm-hmm. uh, that the people in that church were doing 
that was dishonoring to the Lord. And going back to Corinthians, First that Corinthians was probably is a prime example, issue, yeah. right? So in First Corinthians, there's a host of issues going on that Paul addresses, and so he's he's addressing. Uh, the church at Corinth and calling them to, to holiness. Hey, I, I hear this is going on. I hear this is going on. Y'all are doing this. You're saying this. You got to stop, mm. right? You got to repent. And so so sometimes these letters are written to address a specific behavior. Sometimes they're written to correct doctrine. So Trey, you're in Preaching Lab with us on Thursday mornings. And right now we're uh, in Preaching Lab working through Colossians together. Mm. That letter was written to correct doctrine, Right, you have a a church that's trying to follow Jesus, and there's this heresy that's taking place in Colossae. This teaching that's a false teaching, and so Paul is writing this letter to help the believers at Colossae to be able to identify that false teaching and to stay away from it. Mm. Right, so he's writing to correct doctrine. So sometimes uh, Paul writes, or the other other authors write to uh, correct behavior. Sometimes to correct doctrine. Sometimes to clarify misunderstandings. Yeah, that was an interesting when I saw you'd written that. Well, I that, never thought about that. But that's the case with Corinthians, mm-hmm. right? So you think about um, we have First Corinthians mm-hmm. that that Paul's correcting a lot of behavior mm-hmm. in that particular letter. But then you have Second Corinthians, where where we 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 believe that between First Corinthians and Second Corinthians, um, there was another letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth that we don't have. Mm-hmm. Right, and Paul even addresses this letter. He talks about it, mm-hmm. but we just don't have it in our New Testament canon. Uh, and so, so, so in that Second Corinthians that we have in our Bible, um, Paul talks about, "Hey, I, I I know that my last letter was a bit harsh for you," and so he writes what's in our Bible, Second Corinthians, mm-hmm. in a way to kind of smooth over some of the harshness that was in his previous letter. Mm-hmm. Right, so it was it was to kind of bring them back into a good relationship with each other. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, written in a, in a large part to clarify some misunderstandings that they had about each other. So, yeah. And we also wrote, um, uh, Philemon. Well, Philemon was kind of a misunderstanding between a, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. master and his uh, servant. That's exactly right. Situation. And so Paul's trying to smooth over a relationship there as well. So just understand again, uh, when you're reading these letters, mm-hmm. there are specific things to look for that the authors aren't writing letters just for the sake of writing letters. They're addressing issues, specific situations, their occasional documents. And so just reading carefully mm-hmm. uh, to kind of to, to see that is really important for you as you're reading through these New Testament letters. So as we read, for instance, so that is really, it's going to help us, for lack of a better term, to use rose-colored glasses. In other words, everything we read in that particular epistle is going to be shaded by the overarching yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, purpose absolutely. of that letter. Absolutely. So, absolutely. And that's why we got to be careful when we just pull a Philippians 4.13 out or yeah. when we... And again, uh, we're not saying there's anything wrong with memorizing verses out of the Bible. You mm-hmm. certainly should do that. But just, again, study the letter mm-hmm. and, and, and understand what Paul's actually talking about when he writes these verses that you and I love so much. Mm-hmm. And I think this third bullet point is probably one of the most difficult. Uh, remember that letters are not theological treaties. Right. So when and this and I think this is so important. This has helped me as I've studied the Bible and it's helped me a lot as I've taught and preached the Bible because there is a temptation to take a book like Romans, mm-hmm. right? A letter like Romans. Definitely and, Romans in particular. Right. Yeah. And say, okay, man, I, there's a lot of theology for me to learn here and just focus on the theology mm-hmm. of it. And in, in which you should focus on the theology of Romans because a lot of our 
our theology as a New Testament church. I mean, it really does come from the letters. I mean, mm-hmm. because Paul is uh, addressing congregations, he's teaching them about the gospel, about who Jesus is and what it means to follow him, uh, teaching us about things like predestination mm-hmm. and the Trinity and, you know, uh, justification, all these rich doctrines that we as a church uh, hold to and love and cherish. Paul writes about these in the letters. And so the letters, in a sense, they are they are highly theological, but they're not just theology, mm-hmm. they're letters, right? And so when 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 Paul when Paul writes these letters and he's teaching theology, it is in a context. Again, it's in a context. There's a reason why he's giving this church this particular theological lesson, right? Mm-hmm. And so again, it's just as you're reading through, keeping that 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 big idea of the letter in mind, even as you're reading the theology. Because what what how that's helpful for me is that when when I read Paul, mm-hmm. right, I'm reading someone who's a, a master scholar who understands the things of God, who is communicating communicating those things very clearly in the way he writes. I'm also reading someone who has the heart of a pastor. Yeah, and you know that's what you said earlier that he's writing because he's not a pastor. He's writing to them to sort of pastor them with this letter. Yeah, yeah. That's, is that where yeah, we're going yeah, with that? Yeah, so you're saying that, that when he writes these things, he's writing because he cares. Mm. He's writing because he loves them, right? He's writing them to them because he, he wants them to be in a right relationship with God, mm-hmm. and he wants to see these churches strengthened, right? And so, so for me, that's helpful because, you know, um, we want to have right theology as a church. And as a follower of Jesus, you want to have right theology. You want to think right about who God is mm-hmm. and what God has done for you. But you want to have right theology so that it might lead you to love God more. Yes. And so that it might lead you to love other people more too. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you see in the epistles. You see someone who is is trying, uh, you know, trying hard to teach, you know, these churches to have the right way of thinking about God and how to live in light of uh, what they believe about God so that they might grow in their love for each other. Paul loves these people, and that's why he's writing these letters, because he really does want the best for them. Mm-hmm. So so there's there's this, this this pastoral heart that Paul has that I don't want people to miss yes. when they read through the letters. So, so sometimes we can get so caught up in the theology, which we need to get caught up in theology. We need to have right theology, but I don't want us to miss the heart behind the theology that's there. That makes any sense. And as we've been going through Colossians, you know, you have expressed that over and over again, the importance of reading this as a pastor writing to his people, you know, shepherding his people to where they need to be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Number four, get to know the author and the audience. Yeah, so that, I think we've we've talked about this already mm-hmm. to some degree, but you know, who is this person that's writing this letter? And again, it's asking the question why and who is the audience? And this again is where um just reading the letter carefully kind of gives you an idea of the audience and the author and the relationship that's going on there. But also this is a good uh, time uh, to pull out your study Bible mm-hmm. and just do it because I'm telling you, just taking 15, 20 minutes and doing a, a background study of Colossae mm-hmm. is going to give you a lot of uh, insight that can be beneficial as you read through that letter or, you know, reading about Ephesus and kind of understanding the city or, you know, you read about Corinth. I mean, knowing some background stuff really does help. You know, I, I think the, 
information underneath the scriptures are good too because it helps you kind of struggle through some of it. Yeah, so if you have study notes in your Bible, kind of reading through those study notes, it gives you that background information, that's good. But that first section, I think people always leave out. Yeah. I know that I did for years and years, and I'll just speak for myself. And then I started reading the beginning and getting the background. Yeah, yeah. Why it was written, who wrote it, what year it was written, and all those things make a big difference in how yeah. you're then going to take off and read that, those scriptures. Yeah, if you have a good study Bible, like the ESV study Bible mm-hmm. or the CSB study Bible, then at the beginning of each book, you have that that introduction to the book. Mm-hmm. Read that because it is. It's really helpful, and it helps you to understand that background, and that's going to give you some insight as you begin reading uh, through that particular letter. And this is probably one that most people don't do, but I, I can heartily recommend it. Yeah. And that is number five, read letters in one sitting. Yeah, read them in one sitting. That's because that, that's that's how you read a letter. Yeah. Right? I know I know Romans is long, right? It's 16, what, 16 chapter. chapters yeah. and First Corinthians is what 15 chapters and so I know there's some longer letters. I, I get that. Um, a lot of them aren't. You think about Ephesians, it's only a few chapters long. Mm-hmm. You think about Colossians, it's only a few chapters long. Um, but but here's the reality, Trey. When somebody sends you a letter, you read the whole thing. <laughs> you read this section and say, I'll read that later. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. let me take six you days put, to read this. You actually put things aside so you can read yeah, the whole letter. Yeah, you take time you know? to read the yeah. whole letter, right? You don't say, I'm going to read the first paragraph today. Tomorrow I might read the second paragraph. No, you read the whole thing. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, that's how we read the letters of Paul. Yeah. Right? We'll say, okay, to, since we've divided, and that's this is where, you know, our Bibles, and Paul didn't put the chapter numbers in there, mm-hmm. right? That was added much later. But since the, since the chapter numbers are there, you know, we kind of say, okay, uh, well, Romans 16 chapters, I'll read a chapter a day. Well, that's not a bad idea, but why not, you know, take 45 minutes because it really won't take you any more than 45 minutes. Take 45 minutes and read the whole letter because that's going to help you. It's going to help you with the flow, uh, kind of see where it's going, going to give you the big ideas. Read the whole letter and, and hear what Paul is saying in that letter. Then go back and read a chapter a day and get into all the um, the depth of that mm-hmm. letter as you slowly read through it and mark things up and think through some of the things that Paul's saying. But but to begin with, read the whole letter. If you're going to sit down and study any letter of the New Testament, it is extremely wise to read the whole letter. Mm-hmm. And if you're studying, you know, um, a smaller letter like Ephesians or Colossians, to read it several times, mm-hmm. you know, you can do that. And that really does help you to understand the, the structure and the overall uh, direction that the letter is going when you take the time to read the whole thing. I found as I've been reading these big chunks of scripture, it helps me connect things. Yeah. It, it really, it, it's not just the big picture. It's, oh, I never put that those work together. You know, yeah. chapter one and chapter four, you know, working together and yeah. you just don't see it unless yeah. you're reading the whole thing. Yeah. Because you start to separate it so much, it's just not. There. Yeah, you do. So that's why it's really helpful to read through the whole letter. So I think, I think these tips are really helpful for you as you kind of think through, um, what it what it looks like to study mm-hmm. these letters a little bit more um, effectively than what you may have. So so take these tips and use them. And I want to show you something. I want to show you something real quick, just as an example of, of okay. why this is so important, right? So we already mentioned First Corinthians chapter thirteen, right? Right. First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Most of you who are listening, you're familiar with this chapter. Is that great love chapter? Again, if you're married, you had it read at your wedding. Uh, but there's a context here that I want you to see. Trey, you know the context. Mm-hmm. Where, where does this fall in the letter in 1 Corinthians? It's all about spiritual gifts. Yeah. That's what it is. So you think about 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You think about 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Uh, this, this teaching about love in chapter 13 falls right in the middle of a discussion about spiritual giftedness. Mm-hmm. Right? And so you think about in chapter 1, 
In the very first chapter, and I won't take the time to read the verses right this moment, but in chapter one, Paul says to the church at Corinth as he starts his letter, man, you don't lack in any spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. And that's true of all churches, right? And all right. churches, our churches are full of people uh, that are spiritually gifted. We don't lack for spiritual giftedness in our churches mm-hmm. because we have people who are saved by God, who have the spirit of God living inside of them. And so therefore we have people who are gifted by the spirit of God. So, so what's going on in, in the church at Corinth is they really want to know more about these spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. They, they know they have them. They know they don't lack in them. Paul's told them that, but they want to know more. And so Paul, he, he lays out, okay, here's, he doesn't give an exhaustive list, but he gives us some examples of what the spiritual gifts are. He talks about the body of Christ and how every part of the body is significant. Mm-hmm. He talks in chapter 14 about, you know, this, the gift of, of tongues and prophecy and how to use those wisely mm-hmm. in the context of the church. But, but there in chapter 13, right, he talks about love. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the gifts were having a tendency to separate people. Yeah. And to make them angry at each yeah. other and other Yeah, things. because you got this gift, I got that gift, I need that gift, you don't use that gift right, and all those kind of things. And so they were they were dividing, yeah. right? And Paul says, well, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Before we, you know, talk more about the spiritual gifts, let's talk about what you really need. Mm-hmm. You need love, mm-hmm. right? And so, so let me read a little bit for you, right? You come to chapter 13, he says, you know, verse 1, if I speak human or angelic tongues but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So right there he says it, right? Mm. If I have the gift of tongues, but I don't have love, my tongue is just like a, a cymbal mm-hmm. crashing. It, it, it really doesn't matter, right? But he comes down, look at what it says. He, he says this, right? You come down to verse 4, and, and this is what we read at weddings, right? We'll emphasize these verses. <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Mm. Great verses. Yeah. You had those read at your wedding. But but here's the deal, right? Let me show you a couple of things. These were issues that Paul had already addressed to the church at Corinth in this letter. Let wow. me give you an example. Okay. So if you go back, for example, to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, mm-hmm. let me turn there real quick. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, in verse 3, Paul said this. Um, He's talking about their immaturity. I'll start in verse 2. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, since you were not yet ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready because you are still worldly. For since there is envy and strife among you, are you not worldly and behaving like mere humans? So right there he calls them out for being what? Envious, yeah, yeah, right. You come over and you you think about First Corinthians chapter five. Now in First Corinthians chapter five, there's there's a huge issue going on, and Paul addresses some sexual immorality that was taking place, and he says this in First uh, Corinthians chapter five, uh, verse two, and you are arrogant. Shouldn't you be filled with grief and remove this man from your congregation? So that, that's another story for another day, but he calls them arrogant, right? Mm-hmm. And then you come down to verse 6, and in verse 6 he says, your boasting is not good, right? So, so come back over and listen Same to what he says in, yeah, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Mm-hmm. He's already addressed that. Mm-hmm. He called them envious, right? Uh, love is not boastful. We just saw that. He he said you're a boastful people back in chapter five. Right. Love is not arrogant. He called them arrogant, right? And <laughs> so what sure Paul did. does in yeah. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, he's pointing out the, these things that they were guilty of. He says, no, you're arrogant, you're envious, 
you're, 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 you're boastful. That's not love. Mm-hmm. Love isn't arrogant. Love isn't boastful. Love isn't envious, you know? And so, so again, context, mm-hmm. he's readdressing some things that he's already addressed. And here's what I'll tell you. So what happened in those days, right, is that when uh, a church received a letter, someone would get up in front of the entire congregation and they would read that letter. It was, it was a big day. We got a letter from Paul. Let's read it. Let's hear what he has to say to us, right? And so someone would stand up in front of the congregation, and, and from the beginning to the end, they would read the entire letter. And I can imagine, I don't know if, if this is the way it happened, but I can kind of imagine that it might happen this way. So let's just imagine you're in this congregation at Corinth, and someone is standing, he's reading this letter, you're listening, you're being convicted, and there's a, a young couple sitting there, right? Mm. Betrothed be married. They're getting married six months from now. And, and, Whoever's reading the letter comes to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. They start talking about love. I promise you that man didn't look over to the woman he was going to marry and say, man, we really need this red at our wedding. (laughs) He didn't do that. Why? Because at that point they were being rebuked by Paul. You know, this wasn't a sweet little passage uh, that, that Paul gave to be read at weddings. This was a rebuke for their arrogance and for their envy and for, you know, the, these, these sins, they were, they're boasting, you see. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that we can't or even shouldn't read this in a wedding. It's fine to read this in a wedding, but that just wasn't the context mm-hmm. of it, you know. And so, again, just reading through and seeing how these verses fit together is really important. I, I think it cheapens it to just simply place it and say, oh, that's, that's about marriage love or married yeah. love. Yeah. Does married love include love and those kinds of love? Of course yeah. it does. But just to simply say this is how we love in a marriage it cheapens it. Yeah. This is how we love as the yeah, church. Yeah, this is as a church. This right. is the family of yeah, God. Yeah, you know, This is how it works. So, and and I, I, I hate to use that word cheapen, but it does. It's so much broader that yeah. we want to just apply it to one specific situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, again, what we're trying to help you understand is there's a context. When Paul writes these letters, there's a reason why. And when you begin to understand the context, it mm-hmm. does bring a richness to the text that you otherwise might miss. Make it contextual. The first thing we learned in hermeneutics, wasn't it? Yeah, in seminary, sure was. Sure was. That's right. But it's important. Amen. Well, Pastor, thank you so much. This has been a great uh, opportunity to learn how to read the letters. There you go. uh, We look forward to being able to do a better job next time. All right. Uh, So why don't you close us out and get us ready for next time? All right. I hope this episode has been helpful for you today. If it has been helpful, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review. That really helps us get word out about our podcast. And as always, we hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.